Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yerko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Right, combine kicking off in Indianapolis. The big week or so here, uh, not only is the Bears and the rest of the NFL get to do one of the most important parts of the pre-draft process, that's sitting down and actually talking to these players, not just watching the tape. They've watched the tape. They've watched it over and over again. Now you get to sit down and actually meet with them. It's important. Are they going to play guards with the fellas? Othello? I don't know. They, they did last year. Bringing uh, all the games out? I don't know, York. Are they playing Jenga? Are they playing Monopoly? Yeah. Are they playing Risk? Big Jenga. <laughs> big yeah, they're playing Big Jenga with the big bricks. Uh, battleship, maybe. Ba- uh, I sunk you know, your battleship. I sunk your battleship. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're playing. But they have How to try to get to know. Across. Some toss. So, yeah, what's your theory? What do you like to go for? You like to go for the middle? Where are you at? What about, like, the big life-size Connect Four? It's a good one. It's you fun. Know, you try to, like, some strategy involved. First one always think. goes in the middle, shoot down to the bottom, right? right? to the bottom. Right to the bottom. You have to. You know, like, full-size Connect Four. What about Twister? Tie you up see in how, a knot. See how comfortable they are. Like, we're going to get a little up close and personal now. You get guys want butter some, twister? Get some room temperature get butter. Get some room temperature butter. Play some twister. Play in your undies. I don't know. I it mean, can't be a bad game. See what happens. Yeah. Go crazy. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Hopefully they do it right. Hopefully they do it right. But, uh, yeah, they're going to sit down and they're going to talk with a lot of these prospects. And that's what the NFL world is doing. It's funny, not all the coaches go uh, anymore, which I found a little curious. But this has been a, a recent trend. Like, I guess Shanahan's not there this year. McVay's not going. Mike but, McDonald, I'm shocked. Like, he's a brand-new head coach in this league. He's not going, I guess. But uh, My guy's going. Mark Brunel, quarterback coach for Detroit Lions. Uh, Peyton is there. Brunel's yeah. going. I texted him. I said, Andy hey. Reid's there. Said, you going to the combine? Some guys like to do it. They, you know, that's part of it. I think Other most guys, coaches still like to. I think some guys want to let their scouts hmm. and let their, you know, the departments that do this and handle this. I think a lot of them, uh, a lot of those guys want that. I also think the quarterbacks aren't throwing. I don't think San Francisco's in for a quarterback. Uh, I think they're in the pro days now. So the individual pro days, because four of your quarterbacks aren't doing squat this week. Yeah. Do you think you can get just as much out of the pro days you can at the combine? I guess I wouldn't see why not, like in terms of sitting down, meeting the, the player. Thing, the only thing you can't get is the medical evaluation that you get that, it, at the combine. Because mm. you got like four separate groups of doctors is that right? looking at it, and they're putting the notes on each and every player, and then they're putting all those notes together and handing everything out to everybody. I don't know that we got much in the way of like, oh, this is exactly what the Bears are doing. I mean, we can all continue to speculate. I think a lot of people both nationally and locally have heard things about, you know, which direction the Bears are going to go here in the draft. But I, we do want to play a bunch of Ryan Pohl's sounds since he met the media earlier this morning. Courtney Cronin will join us with a full recap at about 1235. We were going to talk to Jesse Rogers out in Arizona today. The Belly press conference is now scheduled for tomorrow the Cody Bellinger press conference. We also are truncated today. We're off at 2 because the White Sox are playing the Dodgers from Camelback Ranch, so we're carrying the Cactus League game. Today happens to be Otani's debut in a Dodger uniform, so you'll catch that game right here on your home for White Sox baseball. Garrett Crochet will start. Uh, the Sox face the Dodgers. Otani will be in the lineup, or at least is expected to be mm. in the lineup in a couple of hours today. So we're going to be off early. We'll talk to Jesse live in Arizona during tomorrow's full three-hour ride. But Courtney will join us in about 35 minutes, 
And if you've already heard some of this Ryan Pohl sound, if you heard it earlier today, if you were watching the station's YouTube page, which you should be doing, uh, you could have caught it live. Just, um, you know, ring us up and let us know. You can listen now to some of it if you want to react to anything that we discuss. 312-332-3776. The big issues, of course, quarterback, both in the draft and Justin Fields and Jalen Johnson. Polls talked about a lot of it today, York. So let's give some of this a spin. And we'll start with probably the most important stuff. And that is, what is the master plan at quarterback if you have one at this point? First pick, quarterback situation. Um, contrary to reports out there, I have no master plan to present to everyone today. Um, this is an opportunity for us to continue to gather information, um, learn about the different players in the draft, um, listen to what opportunities could come up. Um, and then at the end of the day, we're going to make the best decision um, that we can for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it will not be based on fear of what could happen with this and what could happen with that. We're going to put our information together and make the best decision because at the end of the day, we'll always throw our decision-making against kind of our core kind of deal, which is win championships and sustain success for a long period of time. There's a lot that goes into that, uh, but we're excited to gather that information and, and create clarity uh, as we go along. So still in the information-gathering phase of the process. That's where we are. Again, they've watched all the tape. And maybe you keep going back to it every once in a while to either convince yourself or reassure yourself. This week seems to be much more about some of the medicals and just sitting down face-to-face with these guys for the first time. This is Paul's talking about any motivation to trade fields before free agency. Take a listen to this one. It just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. That's a pretty clear indication uh, that if they do pivot away from Justin Fields and they decide they're going to draft a quarterback, that they're going to make a trade here in the next couple of weeks. They don't want him living in the gray. They made the trade last year with Carolina just like four days after the combine ended. I don't know if four days, you know, that puts us, what, combine ends Monday, right, next Monday? I don't know if by next Thursday or Friday necessarily, but maybe by March 13th when the new league year begins and free agency opens, if they decide to pivot, Justin could be traded. Here's uh, Poles talking about his communication with Fields' team at this point. Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments. Um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out, um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him um but again like i told him and he understands i think he said it the other day too it's, it's part of this business it is a unique situation so uh, but yeah i'll continue that communication and when would you like to know what you're going to do here's ryan poles tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> no in all seriousness no, before no, free agency or? i would love to know as soon as possible right I mean, I mean i would love to know um but i know that's not how the process works um you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Um, and I know, again, living in that gray space, you would want to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but just like I talk about with contracts, it takes two teams to figure that out. Um, 
but at the same time, we're also trying to figure out the draft process as well. So there's a lot of different things with different timelines going, and that's what makes it a little A lot of moving parts. Here's Paul's talking about uh, taking into account how much this locker room enjoys Justin Fields being their quarterback. You know, he's a leader. Every, everything our guys have said is true, and not surprised our guys have said what they have said. I feel the same way. Um, and I think sometimes this whole thing gets, you know, Justin versus another person. Um, and I have to look at it a little bit differently. I take that into effect. That's why the person is so important when we evaluate other people that would come in that position. Um, but also it's my job to think of the long term. And, and a lot of our guys kind of don't don't see that. That's not their job to do that. And they defend their guy, which I think speaks volume, volumes about our culture in our locker room. I mean, right. you've made big trades before. Would that cause a, is there anxiety that comes with that for someone who didn't have to deliver that sort of news? No, because I have faith. Um, in our ability to communicate with our guys. Um, and when we do that, I think they'll know that it's in the best interest of of the team. And I think as we've moved along here, I think that the, the trust factor is there, that they're in good hands with however we decide to. Kind of- I'm going to play one more in the quarterback situation. We'll move on a little bit to some of the stuff he said about Jalen Johnson. But here's Poles uh, discussing Caleb and just a, a very briefly here. Have you heard that Caleb Williams wouldn't, want to play in Chicago? No, no. No concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here. No concerns about that whatsoever. Good. Yeah, that's where you're at. Not concerned about him saying he will or will not come here. Their belief is that uh, if they pick him, he'll be here. He'll and be it's here. Not a problem. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that has died down in recent weeks. Maybe since Colin Coward's big walk back after what he said. Wherever Colin got that, don't know. Some people still think that there's something to that because Colin Coward is out there in Southern California. And he has some connections to what he described as himself as a very small group of people, very small circle of trust around Caleb. It's something he has a connection or two to that circle, and then he must have been getting that from somewhere. But the Bears seem pretty assured that that wouldn't be a problem. I'll play that one again for everybody. No, no, no concerns about that at all. I I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think... Um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here. Well, the only reason why, you know, Ryan Poles talks about good infrastructure, the Bears have never really had that. Do they have that now? Perhaps. But when he talks about why, uh, I think he knows why. The Bears haven't had a franchise quarterback yes. ever. Right. Uh, not since the days of... <laughs> They've had good quarterbacks. The, the forward pass was yeah. uh, was pretty new yeah. the last time the Bears yeah. had a franchise quarterback. They've had some good, good quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the short term. Yes. Short term. It's never been long-term answers. So that's the why. There's never been a 15-year run at the quarterback position of any excellence. I was watching Good Morning Football this morning on the NFL Network, and Ryan Leaf is a guest quite often on there. Sure. Ryan Leaf had said that 
the Bears' problems with picking quarterbacks is systemic. He said it's a systemic problem. You could see why there's some thought that Caleb would not want to come here and that he'd want to go to Washington. Catchy word. Catchy word. Catchy word. People like to use that. Use Catchy word. <laughs> it's a buzzword. Well, it's a buzzword because how many different offense coordinators have you had here? You want to start counting uh, them like this how century many different, alone? Yeah. How many different coordinators? How many different head coaches have you had for this systemic problem? I mean, this, that's an idiotic take. Yeah, this is why. It is. Was it's was it not systemic for the Buffalo Bills all those years before Josh Allen? Well, they had Jim Kelly. They had Jim Kelly, thirty years ago. Yeah, a lot's happened since then. They had eighty-three they had, to ninety something. Each and every year, they drafted a new quarterback that was terrible. I mean, is it systemic with the Chiefs before Patrick Mahomes? How many years did they have yeah, great quarterback well, play before Mahomes? I think it's just a catchword, and it's a dumb word. That, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But until... Because if you had one system in place, and that system happened to go over the last 80 years, and that's the system that was utilized, then if you want to go ahead and say, well, it's the system that they're using that's a problem. Well, but didn't Buffalo's fortunes turn when they got the coach and the GM? They're, John Butler, they're, Mark no, Levy, no, no Postmar. I'm talking about. I'm talking about now. This oh, iteration now. of the All Bills right. this, directly coincides with the coach and the GM and getting the quarterback right. right. Yeah, but I think but that's, I think a systemic the problem. I think the Bears do have a systemic problem. I think. Well, I mean, okay, okay wait, which team in the NFL at where? quarterback doesn't have a systemic uh, problem? Unless you have the Green Super Bay Bowl winning quarterback, well, San Francisco. I think the Bears history. have a systemic problem running their franchise. Properly from top to bottom. Yeah, that's quite ownership. Frankly. that's I mean, an ownership problem. I think that's the systemic si- thing. The system no. is not put into place by the I, owners, uh, yeah, the coaches, not, and the GM. Yeah, all right, that's fair. I guess that's fair. The owners got nothing to do the with owner, it. The owner, well, the owner's got something to do with it. He's hired them. Well, okay, he's got something to do with uh, it, but the owner's got nothing to do with it. But the guys that are making the individual decisions on your football team, the owner's got nothing to do with that, except for the fact he hired the people that put in place. But he doesn't know what the hell they're going to do. Wouldn't a good example be Cincinnati? Haven't they always looked at? They've always yeah, been they, looked they, at as a team that has terrible ownership. Yes, ter- they they. But then they got the quarterback, right? So it doesn't matter anymore. But they also overcame it with Marv Lewis and with Andy Dalton for a little. They've got extra Ah, we had Cutler and Lovey Smith for a while. Yeah, but the Bengals, how many Bengals playoff appearances? I bet you the I bet you the Bengals have almost doubled the Bears' they, number they, of playoff appearances in the last But they never won. 10 years. Weren't they a, a no, first-round-and-out that, team that's all true. those times? That's true. I don't... I don't Look, I think we all know the Bears have a very serious problem. I've got 40 years' worth of data that'll... Point to you probably got eighty years worth of data. Yeah, well, like post Ditka, that the the Chicago Bears as an organization have been extremely inefficient and poorly run. I mean, I, are we arguing that? I mean, no, I'm I'm just like, um, my thought off of what you're saying is not to prove you wrong. My my thought is more of like unless you're Baltimore or Pittsburgh, essentially two. Yeah. Well, essentially, if you get the quarterback position right, everything else in the organizations essentially take care of them, take care of itself. Falls into place. Like it, like name another team that consistently wins without a quarterback that no, wouldn't be in true. this this group of teams with systemic have they ruined problems. their quarterbacks because of a failure though within this organization to properly. A myriad of reasons. Properly identify talent, coaches, coordinators, uh, allocation of resources. But like that's is, been done by 20 different people. 
Yeah, no, it has. And 20 different coaches. Yeah, it's been done by a lot of groups. That's true. Uh, the Bengals, you know, even before Burrow, they ripped off seven playoff appearances. How many times did like Lovey ten, go? In like a 10-year span. Three. Okay. I mean. But they, they got the to Bengals Super Bowl, though. Awful. They did get to a Super Bowl. The Bengals are awful. They have been historically awful. Like, how have the Bears effed it up so much that the Bengals have more playoff appearances? And not, like, just a few more. I mean, like. But you'd say with Andy significantly Dalton, more. they had called Carson Palmer. Yep. Right? They had Carson Palmer, and then they quit on Carson Palmer, and he went out west. Yep. So it wasn't like Carson Palmer was a bust. And no, Carson was the first pick. I wouldn't say he was yeah. a bust. He was the first overall yes, pick. Yes, thank you. And I wouldn't say he was a bust. You're right. The Bears have never been in the position to take that first quarterback. For, except for the last two years. Except last year. <laughs> yeah, we're right. Like now. In and current times. <laughs> current times. All right, so maybe it is a bad take. I don't know, but I think it's the reason why any quarterback... I, I guess I, I wouldn't say, like, like when Ryan Poles is like, oh, I can't imagine why he wouldn't want to... Really? I, I can kind of imagine why a quarterback would be like, I wish, I wish we were doing Unhinged because I'd love to swear. Like, I yeah, can kind of imagine I, a quarterback. I can kind of imagine a quarterback going, but Ryan uh, Poles doesn't pay for the sins of everybody else. Ryan Poles only pays for his sins. Yeah. And his dilemmas and his problems and his mistakes. Not pays his sins. Right. You, you don't have to pay for the sins of 20 others. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. That's why he says, I've got no problem. I've got good people in place. We've got a good situation going here. Yeah. We're going to have quality receivers. We're going to have a good football team. We're going to try to get a quarterback in place. That's going to make it happen. I'm still not sold on anything that they keep saying that they're not keeping them. And DJ Moore came out today and wanna, said, hey, he's my guy. That? We'll yeah. play that next. next. I'll play that for you. You're yeah. still not convinced. That's interesting. I'm not convinced of it, no. 312-332-3776. We'll play that DJ Moore sound. He was also, I think it was last night, he was on NFL Total Access, and he talked about Justin and the quarterbacks coming out. We'll play that next. We'll take your Bears calls. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. And so DJ Moore, you want to hear this, Yurk? This is what you were talking about. You know what this is all about. DJ Moore was on NFL Total Access talking about quarterbacks and number one overall picks. But like most of these players, he sure loves Justin. I'm gonna say, yeah, we could add another receiver. They got some real talented ones. Uh, I know uh, Marvin, so no, that'd be a choice of mine. But uh, any of those guys that uh, are the big names I've seen and uh, really like. Okay, he likes the receivers. He was that Justin Fields? Or was that DJ Moore? That was DJ. Okay, but he loves the receivers. Hold on, where's the other guys that they're taking a look at? Romeo Dunze. He also went to bat for Justin. Do we have that one, you guys? He's, he, he basically had said, you know, Justin is better than anything that's coming out of the draft. You know? But they're all going to say that. They're all going to stick up for their guy. Well, I mean, specifically your receiver. That caught, Absolutely. you know, 1,000 plus yards worth of balls. And what, nine from touchdowns? His, from his quarterback. Absolutely. He, yeah, I mean, he's the guy that's saying, whoa, what are we doing? Yes. Well, well what in God's name are we doing? Uh, to Ryan Paul's credit, he said that guys don't think long term. I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking big picture. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the players on the team don't necessarily have that. That's not their issue. That's not something they have to consider. He goes, I have to consider that. So, you know, at least Ryan Poles understands that. Ryan Poles gets that. He thinks of it in a different way, right? Your guy looks at it simply as, I got great chemistry with this guy. What the hell are we doing? Mm -hmm. I've seen him play in college. I've seen a thousand quarterbacks play in college. I see him get to the pros, and sometimes it's not the same. Here you go. This is the, the short one. This is, it's, I still, it's quick. I still don't Here, think take a listen. Of, oh, hold on. Sorry. I still, I still don't think uh, they compare to Justin right now. They don't compare to Justin right now. That's it. They don't compare to Justin right now. But how do they compare to Justin? More positively when it comes to what you've got to pay them. <laughs> That's where they compare more favorably. In the next three years, how much you're going to have to pay a rookie quarterback compared to what you're going to have to pay this soon-to-be veteran quarterback and this soon-to-be fifth-year quarterback when you've got to make a decision on May, May 1st. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. There's the difference. There's the, the catch-22. That's what the general manager has to consider that the player doesn't have to consider. Daniel Jeremiah was speaking of the receivers, was ranking his, all of his players coming out in this draft. I mean, he's got the receivers all graded very highly. Now, that, that, that group of four, yeah. right, that's going to certainly it looks like there's going to be four slam dunks in the first round, York. And he's got them all rated very high. And he rated just, you know, on like his big board, Caleb one, Marvin Harrison two, Roman Tunze three. I mean, I think that's how close they are. Um, that's not even a, that's not even getting to the LSU kids either. That's right. just Mar between Marvin and Roma Dunze. I think that's how close they are in the minds of a lot of talent evaluators. And who knows? The Bears might not have to move at all to be able to walk away with two of the the most highly graded prospects. I always look at if I can walk nine. away with a quarterback, a receiver, and a tackle. Mm -hmm. Do I consider it a successful draft? I'd say yes. If I walk away with a quarterback, a receiver. And a tackle. I'm talking about one of your first two tackles, one of your first three wide receivers, and one of your first three quarterbacks. So any combination of that, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Any combination of that makes this a successful draft for me. And then we really have to grade it a few years out, but I, I like, you know, the, at least you'll say the philosophy here was sound and was good. Uh, here's Paul's talking about Jalen Johnson's contract. This is the other big stuff for the Bears in terms of you know what they have to do sort of in-house, uh, not free agency necessarily, not the draft, but just what they've got to kind of clean up in-house. This is the last big piece of business that we're going to track here. Still have a few days, uh, about another week actually, to go ahead and franchise tag a player uh, if need be. But here is Pulse talking about Jalen Johnson's contract status. Jalen Johnson. Um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong, um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, when I say coming strong, it means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, the term is strong for him. Um, being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again um, and continue to earn money and play well, and hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. 
uh, like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango, and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So uh, I feel really good about that situation. Here's Pulse talking about the franchise tag if need be. I hope so. I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, um, but I really would like to, to get something done long term with him. All right, so you got, you got a week. Uh, make no mistake, Jalen Johnson's playing in a Bears uniform next year. Yes. Well, if he gets franchised and he's pissed and he doesn't sign, I guess, but that's unlikely. Jalen Johnson will be here, and they basically made that a priority. He'll be contracted to play for the Bears one way or another next year. Yes. Whether he wants to play or not is something else. He'll be playing in a Bears uniform next year. And I I think ultimately they'll get a long-term deal done. Let's grab some phone calls. 312-332-3776. Poll's thoughts as he met the media today. Combine getting underway. Courtney's there. She'll join us in about seven, eight minutes. Waddle and Sylvia will broadcast live from Indy on Thursday and Friday. UPS Joe's in Elmwood Park. Hey, Joey. Carm, handsome. What's up? What's up, buddy? Good. What's going on? I just want to know what you guys think about, I think, the Peter King thing article. Yep. About trading down twice, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's a perfect world scenario that everybody's got to be willing to go ahead and make the Bears rich. I, I get it, but as as a season ticket holder, my family for over 50 years, I know a lot of season ticket holders. We want Justin. Hmm. Love you guys. All right, buddy. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate it. Yeah, you've always made that point that it's not in the best interest necessarily of everybody else in the league just to yeah. give the Bears yeah. as many, let's just, hey, the Bears as many are, draft picks They're not as feeling good. The next... They're on the calm. Let's just, hey, let's <laughs> let them go one at a time. Let's just make sure they have three first-round picks Ultimately, the best deal the Bears felt last year was moving down to the ninth position. And he talked, like, Paul's talked about yeah. that again today. He said that something That's like that would have works. to significantly improve us. Right, yeah. You know, in order to make a deal like that, like he did last year. But that one worked out great. The idea of moving back multiple times where you can continue to stockpile first-round picks, it really would kind of take a perfect storm. Maybe it's out there. I, 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 I'm I, not saying it's not, but I don't know. How often in the history of the league have we seen stuff like I, that? I promise you this. If there is a deal made and they do get out of one, or if there's a deal made for Justin Fields, no stone would have been left unturned in trying to find the best possible deal for the Chicago Bears. In either scenario that ends up playing out. It won't be just something, oh, we did it just to, to move right, on from it. It's it. not yeah. going to be that. Okay. It's going to be someone came in and impressed the hell out of us with an offer for him. Uh, Courtney Cronin is live on the scene in Indianapolis. She's going to join us coming up next. We are off a little early today. Two o'clock, we'll be out of here because we have Cactus League Baseball here on your home for the White Sox. They're taking on the Dodgers at Camelback Ranch. Shohei Otani is making his da- a Dodger excuse me, debut today. So you can catch that game right here live. And then Waddle and Sylvie will be on after. And then Black and Abdallah until 8 tonight. Courtney joins us live from the Combine when we return. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. The combine's underway in Indianapolis. The NFL world, for the most part, descending upon Indy. Waddle and Sylvia will be broadcasting live late in the week. Not all the head coaches go these days, which may be a little bit surprising. But the Bears brass is there, sitting in the driver's seat with the top overall pick. And Poles and Eberflus met the media today. Courtney Cronin was there to take it all in, and she joins us now on the Car X Tyronado guest hotline to break it down. Follow her on X at Courtney 
are Cronin. Hey, Courtney, was it uh, about what you expected from Ryan Poles this morning? Yeah, I thought he straddled the line pretty well. I think that, you know, he's never going to, like, reveal the plans. He said that right off the bat, that there was no big bombshell, more or less, to drop today. But that, you know, this is the first time we've heard anything about a potential Justin Fields trade, the way that it was talked about at several junctures of that 15-minute press conference. And I think that that's something that is notable because – he didn't say, hey, we're open for business. If you want to trade for Justin Fields, give me a call. But he didn't rule it out either. So that was probably my biggest takeaway. And then the Jalen Johnson stuff, like right mm. off the bat, he's given us fig- not necessarily figures, but the structure. And he's talking about the guarantees and the way that this whole thing could potentially benefit the cornerback and that he doesn't want to use the franchise tag. Like, I think that that's the route that we all expected it would go. You don't say in January that they're confident they can get a deal done and he's not going anywhere. Like, right. you don't say that about the franchise tag, but I thought it was, um, you know, some pretty eye-opening comments that now effectively put the ball in the court of the cornerback. Yeah, I think that's why it's pretty strategic the way he did it, Courtney. I agree with you. Do you think there's a big gap between the Bears and Jalen Johnson right now? Well, I mean, if he wants to be the highest-paid cornerback, he's going north of $21.1 million. That's the Jair Alexander deal. And then the Denzel Ward, uh, since $45 million in total guarantees. So I don't think that it was coincidental that Ryan Poles is talking about, like, the, the you know, the, the cash um, mm-hmm. function within this contract and how the guarantees are structured that it does sound like it's a deal the Bears think is fair. Um, And I don't think you come out and say that if it wouldn't be something that is close to what the cornerback has at multiple points this offseason said that he wants in his next deal. You think ultimately they get a long-term deal done with him? You know, it it feels like the franchise tag at this point is the last resort option, something that they absolutely do not want to do. I mean, he's a 24-year-old cornerback. Like, you want to have this guy – to a four or five year deal and have him in the fold. And when you hear Matt Eberflus talk about just like how his ball skills, you know, he really honed in on those this year. They don't want to lose that. They don't want to have to, I mean, they'll always draft cornerbacks. It's a hallmark of his defense and that's important, but you don't want to lose AJ Lynn Johnson. They wouldn't either way. The, again, the franchise tags, the nuclear option, but they don't want to go that route. They want to get him under contract. They want to have him here long-term and, you know, he would be one of those building blocks on defense that I think we thought initially Roquan Smith would have been, maybe some of the other players that we saw the team part ways with over the last two years. Now they have a chance to reward a guy who they can continue to build this defense around in the years to come. What do you think their other priority in free agency is? Okay, so like I know Flus has said that, you know, it's still too early to like list them, but I'll list them for you. So like <laughs> I think the number one priority outside of quarterback in like, you know, the draft, like all needs this offseason in free agency, it's got to be the defensive line because there's some really good names potentially out there. I mean, whether you're looking at the three techniques or whether you're looking at, you know, someone like a Brian Burns potentially, Daniil Hunter, I think you attack that part of the you know, fill that need in free agency when you have the money to spend and you just paid a pass rusher $25.5 million when you traded and then extended Montez Sweat, you might want to get somebody on the other side of him so this defense can continue to grow and be more effective at rushing the quarterback. Beyond that, like I honestly think this year's free agency will dictate a lot of their draft plans, especially with that number nine overall pick, because let's say they don't, 
go defensive line and free agency, then you have Jared Verse and, um, you know, the the kid from Alabama whose name escapes me. You have those guys. Yeah, you have them available at nine. But it's, you know, I think defense up front, heavy in free agency. And then beyond that, they've got to get depth at wide receiver. I thought Matt Eberflus had a very – uh, very real answer. They don't have depth. They don't have mm. pieces. And that probably signals that, you know, they're not that thrilled with the development of that group. Certainly, you know, Darnell Mooney is a, a free agent, and I don't think at this point it's likely for him to return to Chicago. And, you know, Matt, or it was Ryan Poles a month ago saying that he's the type of guy who's going to have to go test the market first before even seeing if there is that opportunity for him to come back. So defensive line, wide receiver, and Maybe they end up going testing the veteran safety market to go find Eddie Jackson's replacement uh, at a cost cut from what it would have been. Courtney Cronin's joining us. It's Carmen and York on ESPN Chicago and the ESPN Chicago app. What do you think has been going on behind the scenes? Best guess about the kind of conversations or phone calls that Poles has fielded for Justin Fields. I think for Fields, and we've talked about this, like is it going to be a second-round pick? Is it going to be a third-round pick? The type of conversations that are being had are not – it's all floater at this point, like in teams trying to get an idea of what the Bears are going to do. I mean, he said it today that, you know, his phone's crazy right now. Mm -hmm. All of the, you know, notifications he's getting, all of the people here are just trying to fish for information to figure out, you know, what – you know, what ultimately the team's going to do. So as it pertains to fields, I don't think that they're in a spot where they've gotten concrete offers or at least ones that they would have agreed to because they probably would have already agreed to that. Cause Paul said he wants, you know, he wants to know what they're going to do tomorrow. That's not hyperbole. <laughs> like literally means ASAP, get it done so we can move on. We can do right by Justin if we're trading him or we can, you know, start to figure out what the plans are in the draft and free agency. So I imagine a lot of those conversations at this point, because this is when things will really start to heat up. Like reading between the lines today, they want to get Justin traded if they're going to go that route by free agency. Right. Um, and that is March 13th. Guys, it's the 27th of February. Like next week could very well be the time that that happens. And that was going back to last year when Paul said that he felt confident. Remember, we all like kind of laughed at that idea. Like, oh my God, you're going to trade the number one overall pick by free agency when there's all those extra months to change the draft orders we saw with San Francisco in 2022. Like, no, he was, he was confident. I mean, he was right about that because they did that the Friday after the combine. So I would not be surprised if it ends up happening early next week to middle of, I, I think by the time next week's over, we will know yeah. uh, one way or the other. And it, 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 that would ultimately be a Justin Fields. Trait. It's going to be like the timeline from last year. I think that's a, a fair point. I mean, it's going to line up almost exactly like last year. At least that's the way it feels. And like, like you said, he's not going to come out today and tell the world exactly, but don't, don't you think they've got to know at this point? Or maybe they're still waiting to sit down with these guys face-to-face. That is a big part of the process. But don't you think he's got to be like, I don't know, 75-25 one way or the other? Like, which direction they're going here in this offseason? I know he said I know he said that they're still going through 100 scenarios. I do believe that. I think that his, he's so even keel when he talks about these things. Like, there's... You know, there's a lot. There's a lesson to be learned in all of this of how he's handled it. Like he straddled the line perfectly. Like he was so prepared today for every answer, and he didn't just give you fluff. Like he gave a little bit of insight into where they are in the process. But I don't. They didn't come to Indianapolis like, all right, all options are on the table. Like we have no clue, no clue whatsoever. They know. They know something. 
They have a direction that they're leaning, and tomorrow's when they'll meet with Caleb Williams. Um, other top quarterback prospects are starting to get to town on Wednesday. But, yeah, Caleb's interview with them will be tomorrow, and that's a really important part of the timeline for them to determine, mm-hmm. all right, is this really the guy that we're going to commit to yeah. if they go and use that number one pick on him? And the part of like learning the wiring of the prospect, learning about how the whole, you know, the person, is, as Ryan Poles calls it, like that's, that's, that's the, the last thing you'd need, I think, to pull the strings to know, okay, we feel like we're going to move Justin. We feel like that's the right the right opportunity presents the franchise with the right opportunity to upgrade a quarterback and take a number one overall pick. But we've got to get that information first before we can do anything else. How deep do they go in the quarterback pool? How many interviews do they have mm-hmm. with how many quarterbacks? So, to my understanding, like the formal interviews, that's one where you have your head coach, your general manager, like you, that's where they're like going through the plays and they're going through like they'll put a play up on the uh, of a guy's college tape and they'll ask him to go through it. I think of the quarterbacks. I mean, it'll certainly be the top three. So Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. I wouldn't be surprised though, considering you know this team does have options. I don't think any of us are really thinking it's super likely that they trade. You know that they would keep Justin Fields and take a quarterback later in the first round or second round, but. You know, I would imagine that the majority of those formal interviews with the with the quarterbacks that they're going to go maybe like five six deep with that, and, and that might include like a Michael Penix Jr. and um, uh, or a Bo Nix and you know a JJ McCarthy in that mix too. All right, anything else we should know for today, Courtney? Kelly Eberflus is the one who gets the credit with Matt Eberflus's <laughs> new look. I don't know if you've heard that at the end, but um, I mean he he looks healthy, he yeah. looks refreshed, he. You know, handled, uh, you know, I think it was a nice change because I know last week Shane Waldron, when he was going through the offense and literally would not say any player's name by name, um, the way that Eberflus handled today. I mean, we've seen press conferences before where the subject matter of where where it's like an either or or A or B, like he would dance around it. I think we got like, it's kind of a new Matt Eberflus, which is, it's the look, it's the, it's the haircut, it's the beard, it's the whole thing, and I and I think it looks great. He's got a good look going right now. I will right, we'll talk he to you later. He feels confident. Like, he did does. you guys sense that, too, his confidence like when he's up there talking at the podium? Because he knows his team's in a good spot. Like, it's more than just saying it's like we're not tongue-in-cheek. Like, I know we're being funny about it, but, like, he's he comes across as, okay, we've made it through the first two years. There are a lot of hurdles these first two years, but his confidence that we're not – if we go and trade Justin Fields and bring a quarterback in, we're not bringing him into a team that just went three and fourteen. Like we're bringing a quarterback into a good team that's going to be ready to start competing, like yeah, for real, yeah. for real. And it, so that's that's the that's like the my like take on you know what we've seen from Eberflus uh, the last couple of weeks and certainly today. It's not often seven win teams get to pick first. It's very true. It's that's it's unprecedented, it and that's why this opportunity. Like they're the first team since nineteen sixty seven. To have the number one overall pick the year go. after trading it, like that just again, when you talk to people in the league, when you talk to people around Indianapolis, like the general consensus is that they've got to use that pick because to pass that up in back to back years, even with the growth that you saw from Justin, you just don't get these opportunities that often. And we've heard everybody from Shane Waldron last week to like saying that, you know, it's not often that this happens. Like you don't want to be in this position all that often because right. more likely than not, it's not going to be coming. If you're getting the number one pick, it's more likely coming from your own record than um, a trade where they very clearly fleeced the team to get what they wanted. It's pretty wild how it all worked out. Courtney, we'll talk to you later in the week. Thanks.
Thanks, guys. Take care. Right, we'll see you. There's Courtney Cronin all over ESPN.com and TV and covering the Bears for us at Courtney R. Cronin on X. See, Carm, it's not the the fact that, you know, they wouldn't say Justin Fields' name. It's not the fact that Ryan Poles said that he's talking to his team and not the quarterback. It's not. It is Matt Eberflus's look that has me convinced that they're going to trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. Why do you because, think that? Because the last two years... Because it gives him some time? Big city two, moves, man. Big city moves. The last two years, he's gone through a breakup. He's going through a bad divorce. He's disheveled. He's losing games. Now, guess what? He's got a new sense of confidence. He's hit the gym. He's getting that pre-workout in. He's taking the creatine. He's got a new look. He's got a fresh cut. He's got a new he's wardrobe. And now he's going to the combine. He's hitting the town. And he He's getting himself a new quarterback at the end of this. You could be right if we're going to. No, no, no. I am right. Uh, you might be. You know, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Andy Dufresne at the end of Shawshank. Remember when Morgan Freeman's character is doing the voiceover? Andy Dufresne crawled through 500 yards of a blank foulness that yeah. I can't even imagine. You know, and he came out clean on the other side. I mean, think about when Andy Dufresne walks into that bank, how good he looks. Sharp as a tack. Right? Yeah. After escaping Shawshank and crawling through a sewer Boom. for 500 yards? Yeah, you I look mean, fantastic. Yes. Yeah, maybe you're right. It's like he, think about the start of the season. The start of the Bears season was Matt Eberflus escaping Shawshank. They were 0-4. His defensive coordinator was committing acts so vile. Well, Decorum prevents us from discussing them here. You, thank you. <laughs> they had to fire him. I, he, had, he had to had take another over. Coach, had another coach need to get fired? I mean, like you and Waddle talked about it in the moment. Can you imagine being a head coach in this league and then they come and say, guess what? You got to call plays the rest of the year. Well, being a former defense coordinator, I mean, he's suited for it. Yeah, but that's a hard thing. Like when you're not prepared Imagine for if it, he was an offense coordinator and he had this offensive place. Do you know what I'm saying? Might have been head coach. Yeah, he's like, the offense coordinator. I got this. I'm calling yeah. I mean, plays. so now like he's through it. He crawled through the sewer. He's. Yeah. He's got the warden suit. Yeah. He's got all he's closing out the bank accounts. And, you know, he's he's Andy Dufresne. Seven and ten. He's free. At the end of the year, your record says what you are. Seven and ten. Even though some people want to call it two and fifteen. Well, no, you can't call it that. I Oh, let's not do this again. Yeah, you are what your oh record is. We gotta break. Let's all not right, do we're this. Going again. We're, we're going to break. You, are what your We're not is. Doing this you guys again. can fight in the we're break. We're not doing this again. We can do it again. No, I, 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 hear it en- I hear it enough. I get it. My parents are divorced. I don't need them to bring it up every five damn minutes. Okay? It, all right. It's over. It, it's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Do the lunch rush during the one o'clock hour. Got time for your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Jesse Rogers will join us tomorrow from spring training. We're off early today at two. And it's White Sox and Dodgers from Camelback. You'll hear Shohei Otani's Dodgers debut today. Garrett Crochet on the bump for the White Sox. After the game is over, Waddle and Sylvie will be on. They will have Ryan Poles join them. So listen for the GM a little bit later today here on your home for the Bears. Black and Abdallah on until eight tonight. Say hi to Rob and Villa Park on ESPN 1000. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. How are you? Good. Hey, here's my prediction. Go ahead. The, the, the Bears are going to get stuck with Justin. Why do you say that? Well, you got – I'm counting seven big names in this draft coming up because now they're saying Spencer Rattler is like a dark horse. Mm. Most, of these, most of these teams are picking – they need a quarterback or picking near the top. 
You got Kirk Cousins out there, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G's going to be cut. Mm-hmm. You, nobody, I mean, with, with, with Justin's big contract coming up, I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to want him, to be honest with you. Well, he's six cheaper. million dollars. Well, I think he means in two years. I understand yeah, six million dollars. I mean, he's going to be a lot cheaper right now than Cousins or Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G. I think that's one thing to remember, Rob. I, I don't think they'll be stuck with him. The Bears, if they decide to trade him, will find a trade partner. And, and I even, think they will. Even after that, twenty-one million in the fifth-year option for him. That's correct. That's so you, reasonable. you've got him for twenty-seven million over two years, thirteen and a half million dollars each. That's yeah for a quarterback that could be a starting quarterback in the league. Even though statistically you have him as the worst quarterback in the league? I don't have him as that. I was reading from an article. I, I said statistically. You pointed it out to me. <laughs> so when you point it out to me, I feel like you've taken possession of that article. Not really. But he is statistically. The- Stephen Ruiz had wrote, he said, Thank you, you. you could look at a few metrics, and he was arguably the worst starting right. quarterback. Two minutes on the clock. Go ahead. Fight. <laughs> no, we're not fighting. We're not fighting uh, at all. But go. he's going to be a lot cheaper. Though. That's your point is right. Yeah. I mean, Baker's going to yes. cost... 40-ish million. Cousins, maybe more. Baker, maybe not 40, but he's going to come close. Yeah, he'll be up there in the 30s for sure. Yeah. Todd Bowles was on this morning on NFL Network. I saw him with Peter Schrager. And look, they're saying all the right things now. I mean, he said that they are still prioritizing getting Baker back. So he might not go anywhere, could stay there. Well, Baker, but, at the number he played for last year was a tremendous deal. Oh, tremendous. Tremendous deal. Uh, now, I'm not a big Baker guy, but that's right. a tremendous yes. deal from, from a year ago. He's going to get a lot more now. So I think Justin will. There will be a taker for him. If but they, is they go the, the only value for Baker uh, Baker Mayfield in? I don't Tampa? know. That's a good question because everybody's kind of seen him and already kind of considered him. Like the Saints are going to stick with Carr, right? They're redoing the deal to stick with I, Carr. I believe so. Yes. The Raiders could be an option, I suppose. If you want to get into it, I have an article from Seth Waldron. Waldron. Let's do it after the, one. After one o'clock. Or Adam. Seth Walder. Sorry, Seth Waldron. Seth, Seth Walder. Walder. Yeah. From ESPN You're thinking Analytics, of Shane Waldron, Shane Waldron Seth, Seth Walder, Walder from ESPN, yeah, yeah. who goes through and predicts where all of the quarterbacks Let's do it. will end up. Can we do that coming up next? We can do that. Let's do that. We'll grab your phone call. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. At three one two. Uh, he's a stats guy, Yurko. Is that okay? He's ESPN Analytics. Oh, he's who's very the guy first guy? Who's the mathematician in the bunch? Uh, probably got the best score. I guarantee you, we got the best score, the best score on the math. In the ACT in the math section. What'd you get? Anybody? Twenty seven. That's what I got on my ACT. I didn't get a 27 on my ACT. I got it on the math, the math board section. Oh, I don't know what the I got on the math portion. section. I got a 25. Oh. You were no. smarter than I am. That's okay. I you're, can admit you're that. Go, you're good you're with very that. bright lad. You are. Well, it's because of your international experience. Yurko's going to teach us how to convert an improper fraction to a mixed number. We'll be back in two minutes. <laughs>